Mesaches Klein Perik Hamish Levovim Til Perik Vov Mishn Aleph. Not only is it forbidden to benefit from Klea Kerem, which one plants, so if he plants another species in a vineyard, but even if he allows it to grow there, it also becomes Osr Bahana'a. It also becomes forbidden to benefit from it. However, that's only if you show that you want to keep it there. If you just haven't got around to uprooting it yet, then it does not become forbidden. As well as this, it only becomes forbidden if it grows one two hundredth of its current growth. Meaning, if you see that there's a species growing in your vineyard, and you say, you know what, I'm happy with it being there, and I'm not going to uproot it. It doesn't immediately become forbidden, but if you leave it long enough for it to grow at one two hundredth of its current growth, so half a percent more, then it becomes forbidden. And the reason for this is because the halacha is that if kilayim, let's say you have something which grew as kilayim of a vineyard, so it's forbidden to benefit from it, and it gets mixed with produce which is permitted. The halacha is that the entire mixture becomes forbidden, because you're not sure which one of the mixture is kilayim, and therefore the entire mixture is forbidden. Unless, says the Mishnah in Orla, unless the amount of permitted produce in the mixture is 200 times the amount of kilayim in the mixture then it nullifies the kilayim. So we see that kilayim of a vineyard is nullified 1 in 200. Now if you think about it, if the farmer sees something which is kilayim growing in his field, in his vineyard, at what stage does it become forbidden? It's at the time that he sees it and says, you know, I'm happy for it to stay. But anything which grew before that is permitted. So, so far we view it all as permitted, and only if a 200th of it now grows, so now there's no longer 200 times the amount of kilayim, so at that stage it becomes forbidden. Alright, says the Mishnah, If somebody sees a green plant in his vineyard, and he says, When I reach there, then I'll uproot it, I'm not going to uproot it right now, but you know what, when I get there in the field, you know, I know I'm going to get there soon, so when I get there, then I'll uproot it straight away. In that case, mutter remains permitted because he has not shown that he wants to keep it there. It's not considered maintaining kalam in his field. He just hasn't got around yet to uprooting it. However, if he's right next to that kalam green plant, but he says, you know, I'm not going to uproot it now, but rather kshechzerlaktenu. When I come back next time, then I'll uproot it. So he's shown that he doesn't want to uproot it now. He's shown that he's happy with it being there for now. And therefore, if it grows by a 200th of its current growth, then it becomes forbidden, as if he had actually planted it. So therefore, that becomes forbidden, and also the vines around it would also become forbidden. Mishnah Zion, this is a continuation of the previous Mishnah, and the Mishnah tells us that if the farmer was passing through the vineyard of and seeds fell from him by mistake, he didn't even realize that they were falling from him. He happened to be holding, holding some seeds, and they fell out of his hand and were planted in the ground. All they came out with the fertilizer. If, for example, the farmer was fertilizing his field, who's adding things to boost the growth of the produce in the field, and he also had some seeds with him, and they came out with the fertilizer, and they went into the ground without him realizing, or with the water while he was watering the field, and without him realizing, he planted Klaim. Or Hazareya, if he's planting normal produce in the field, and then wind blows some of that species, some of that produce, behind him into the vineyard. So in all these cases where he himself planted the kilayim, but he didn't realize he was doing it, so mutter remains permitted, meaning that anything which grows there doesn't forbid anything else. It's just that as soon as he realizes what he's done, he needs to uproot that, and he can't benefit from that. But nothing else, none of the other vines, none of the other species there would become forbidden to benefit from. But now what happens if se'artu haruach lefonov, if the wind blew the seeds in front of him, which means that he saw the seeds, and he knows that he just by mistake planted some kilayim, but he's not sure where. And it's very difficult to locate them, because the wind has blown them across the field. 
So he should wait a bit until they start growing. But as soon as they've started to grow, and he spots them in the field, then he should uproot them. So Rabbi Akiva, um, Rabbi Akiva describes the process which he should go through if he knows that he plants climb by mistake, but he's not sure where, or he can't yet take them out of the ground. So Imasovim, if it's at the stage where it's just grass, meaning at the first stage of growth of these seeds, if he spots it then, then Yofach, he should turn it over, plow it, and that should stop any further seeds growing there, and that should solve the problem. But if he waits and he doesn't straightway uproot it as soon as he can, and it reaches the stage that Vim Oviv, it started to ripen, this is referring to the stage where it hasn't yet reached a third of its height, however the plant is developing properly, and there are clear stalks which are above the ground. Because he left it so long, it's not enough just to uproot that. Rather, in Napates, he has to also remove the kernels, the bit which is eaten at the top from the stalks, and then he actually has to bury them in the ground. Of course, making sure they doesn't do it in a way that they can grow, and they shouldn't be able to because since they didn't grow a lot the first time, if you uproot produce which hasn't grown to a third of its height, so burying it in the ground shouldn't make it grow again, it's unlikely to grow again. So that's what he should do if it started to ripen. And if he leaves it so long that Vim Hevio Dogon, if it's already developed the, pro- the produce, the grain, and this is referring to the stage where it has already reached a third of its growth, then Tidolik, you have to burn it, just like all Kilayim of the vineyard. When we say that you can't benefit from it, so what do you need to do? You always need to burn it. So that's what you need to do here. Even though originally you didn't plant it intentionally, you still left it so long until it actually grew, and therefore it has the normal halacha of kilayim, so it needs to be burnt. Mishnah Ches, we learned from the previous Mishnah that if somebody does not intend to plant the things which he plants, if they fall there without him realizing, then they do not immediately become forbidden. And this is actually learned from a Apostle. The Torah says that it becomes forbidden to benefit from kilayim when asher tizra, when you plant them, which implies that it's when you do it purposefully and you intend to do it. Not if it just happens. Now another thing is also learned from this Pasuk, and that is that it has to be something which you would generally plant. If it's something which is always growing in the wild, let's say, and no one ever really grows it and looks after it, so that would not come under the prohibition of benefiting from Kilayim. And therefore the Mishnah says, One who keeps thorns in his vineyard, meaning that he sees that some thorns have grown in his vineyard, and he doesn't uproot them. So first, Yobeliezer my Kiddush. Yobeliezer says that they do become forbidden to benefit from, just like regular kilayim, but Vachachom Erm and Vachachom say that no, like Kiddush el Adovashikamoyim He hasn't made it forbidden to benefit from, except for a thing which they would usually keep there. Meaning the Chachom was saying that if in that particular area some people do actually grow thorns and look after them so that, for example, they can feed it to their animals or for whatever reason, but in that area there are certain people who do look after thorns. So in that scenario, say the Chachomim, it's like normal produce and it does become forbidden. But in all other places of the world where people don't look after thorns, they don't want thorns, so it's not considered something which you plant because you wouldn't want to plant it. So even if you leave it there and you don't uproot it, it has not become forbidden as Kilayim. However, Abeliezer says that since there are some places where thorns are looked after, so they are considered a species which are looked after, and therefore have the same status as regular produce, so even in an area where they are not looked after, they will become forbidden to benefit from. Now the Mishnah will list things which always grow in the wild, and therefore they will not be prohibited under Kilayim. So for example, Ha'erus, this is some sort of flowery plant. The Akisos, Ivy, Vishoshanus HaMelech, will translate this as a rose. The Cholmini's Roim, and all types of seeds which are similar to this, but they're not really looked after and planted, rather they just grow by themselves or in the wild, so Enon Klein Bakerem, they do not become Klein in the vineyard, and you would be able to plant them in a vineyard. There's a discussion whether this is only Midoraisa, 
Perhaps Mijabonon is forbidden, or perhaps even Mijabonon is permitted. Hakanbois, this is some sort of plant from which they make rope, and it's sort of in between the category of a yorok, green plants and vegetables, and the category of zeroin, which refers to seeds which are usually not included in the, in the prohibition of kilei hakarem. So because it's sort of in this in-between stage, Rabbi Typhon Omer Eina Kilayim. Rabbi Typhon says it's not Kilayim, because he views it as one of the Zroyim, one of the less significant seeds, which don't come under the prohibition of Kilayim. Whereas Vachachom Omer Nechachom say Kilayim, it is Kilayim, because they define this as a Yorok, a green plant, which would come under the category of Kilayim. Alright, and finally the Hakinros, some sort of artichoke. Kilayim Bakerim would, can become Kilayim in a vineyard, meaning if you plant the artichoke in a vineyard, then it would become forbidden to benefit from it because it is considered a Yorok. Now the sixth perek of this Masechta continues the discussion of Kilea Kerem, and specifically something called an Oris. An Oris is a specific type of Kerem, a specific type of vineyard, and whereas until now we've been talking about a vineyard where the vines are planted on the ground itself, this perek is going to talk about vines which are draped on poles, draped on walls, or roofs, such that they grow quite high up, and also grow more as a result, and they spread out much more. Because of this, whereas in general Beis Hillel require two rows of vines to be considered a vineyard, a kerem, to be considered an oris, it's enough for just one row of these vines, which are draped on other things, to be planted. Already then it's considered a vineyard, the most obvious implication of this being that you'd have to leave a distance of four amos if you want to plant another species near to it. So the Mishnah introduces the concept of an oris by telling us, is there oris, what is considered an oris? such that you would need to leave four amas away from it before planting another species? The answer is, When you plant a row of five vines, even if it's in just one row, on the side of a fence which is ten tfachim high, so that the vines will go on the fence on the side of it, or on the side of a ditch, the inside of a ditch, which is ten tfachim high and four tfachim wide. So because they grow much more, and they have much more significance, he has to leave for its aveda, he has to leave for the work area around these vines four amas, and he can only plant other species four amas away from it. Now the actual vine was planted next to the fence, or next to the ditch. Now imagine if, let's say, you plant the vine one amma away from the fence, and then as it grows, it will grow on the fence itself. So as we said, you have to leave a distance of four amas from the vine before planting another species. The question is, where do we begin this four amas from? Do we start it from the root of the vine, which is an amma away from the wall, or do we measure it from the wall itself, from the fence itself? So you measure four amas from the root of the vines to the field. And we're referring to a case where he's planting on the other side of the fence. And even though in general a fence is considered actually a separation, so you should really be able to plant right next to the fence on the other side, since here it's an oris, so the vines are actually growing on the fence itself, so the fence is not going to be considered a separation. It's considered even part of the vine. You measure the four amas from the fence to the field, which means that it comes out that you'll actually only be able to plant five amas away from the root of the vines, because we're referring to when he plants on the other side of the fence. Because according to his Hillel, since this is in the arrangement of an oris, so the whole significance of an oris is in the fact that it's on the fence. So that's considered the more significant part of the vines, more significant even than the roots. So therefore you measure it from where the vines will grow above on the fence. Now Rabbi Yochanan Manuri is about to change everything we've said so far in this Mishnah. Because Omar Rabbi Yochanan Manuri, Rabbi Yochanan Manuri says, Toyin kolo kain. Anybody who says this is making a mistake. Meaning that even with regards to an oris, base Hillel require two rows in order to be considered a vineyard. Not one row. 
However, Rabbi Yechim Nuri adds another halacha, and he's basically saying that you got confused. You thought that this idea of the four Amas was said with regards to an Oris, which is one row. That's not true. There was a halacha with regards to an Oris and four Amas, but it was said in a totally different context. And what was that? The halacha which you got confused about is actually that if there are four Amas from the root of the vine and the fence, so he planted the vine quite far away from the fence, so it would first grow a bit on the ground itself until it reaches the fence, and then it would grow on the fence. So if there's at least four amas between the root of the vine and the fence, then you should leave it savoido, you should leave the working area, which would be six tafachim, because we view it as an individual vine, according to Rabbi and then you can plant the rest of it all the way up to the fence. However, and this is the point, if there's less than four amas in between the two, so there's a very small area in between the vine and the fence, which means it reminds us of a previous mission where we had a, a hole in the ground, and we said that because it's such a confined space, so that entire area is considered the domain of just an individual vine. So to here, since it's in a small space, we don't just view six tefachim around it as a forbidden area, but that whole area is viewed as the domain of that individual vine, and therefore if there's less than four amas in between the vine and the fence, you would not be able to plant any other species in between the two. But the main point of Rebbechon Menuri is that with regards to how many vines you need, how many rows you need to be considered a vineyard, an oris is no different to a regular vineyard, and therefore according to Reis Hillel, you still need two rows in order to be considered a vineyard. And now the Mishnah ends off by telling us that in a scenario where you are allowed to plant next to a vine, how much is the working area of an individual vine, meaning how much is the distance you have to leave from that individual vine, six to every direction, meaning that you can only plant another species if you distance it at least six tefachim from an individual vine. And again, this is when it's not considered a vineyard. Now this measurement of six tefachim, we've been seeing this many times throughout the Masechta, but now we're actually going to see that it's not so simple, because Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Akiva actually argues, and he holds it's actually three tefachim. So he would actually argue with many of the previous Mishnahites as well, and he would hold that the distance between an individual vine and another species only needs to be three to four him.